Hello and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. My name is John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and we're looking at Minute 23, which begins with Parker wanting to ask Ripley something and ends with Dallas telling Lambert to knock it off. And today we got Tom Taylor back from the Indiana Jones Minute Podcast. Tom, thanks for coming back. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So we'll jump right into the minute here. Um, we are in the engineering section of the ship, and we've already begun a dialogue between Parker, Brett, and Ripley. Tom, what do you make of the scene? How do you read this scene? Uh, well, first, I love this scene. I think this scene is awesome. I love everybody in it. Um, I mean, you can say that about any minute of the movie because it's such a tight, awesome cast. But... Uh, yeah, this is an. I was saying before that like I can't imagine how I would explain most of this movie if I was watching it with my son because he asked questions about everything, like you know why are they? We find out that they're kind of messing with her on some level. Like as soon as this, they have this conversation about you know like price points and you know are they going to get paid for this and what are they doing here, and uh, as soon as she leaves, uh, is it Parker? Yeah, Parker turns off the. Uh, the incredibly loud steam. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, were they just doing that to mess with her? Yes, and just being jerks? <laughs> that's that's kind absolutely of awesome. what they were doing. And it feels like the entire conversation, that's what they were doing. Like, she came down to, like, have a chat with them, and they're like, hey, what's up with the, what are we doing? And the steam's really loud. And, you know, it's so loud that we you have to overdub your line kind of badly and awkwardly. Kind of badly. <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up. Is this the worst ADR in the history <laughs> Popular it's, cinema. It's, it's, I not. wonder if she, it's it's you know you'll get whatever's coming to you, and it's like you can see her <laughs> mouth doing exactly that. But couldn't she have like recorded the sound in a slightly different way that would make that seem less awkward or something? I don't it's, know because it's also yeah. in the director's cut. They did not go back and fix that for the director's <laughs> cut either, which baffles me. Seems like a pretty easy fix, but yeah. maybe it's part of the charm. Maybe they they decided it's part of the charm of the movie. So oh yeah, they oh. fixed. It furious we'd be like hey oh, wait a minute oh yeah people would just raise hell if they Ripley shot first <laughs> so the story of that leads up to this scene is parker and brett complain about nobody coming down here they say nobody comes down here. why don't they come down here this is where the real work is then ripley says i'm coming down there and they're like what the fuck's she coming down here for <laughs> so they're immediately mad she better stay the fuck out of my way brett says they were like hostile about it so now she's here so they just recycle their grief about the shares. They turn on the steam to drown out anything she might say. And we read this thus far, and I think in this scene it's hard to escape the misogyny here. I think there's there's no way around that these two guys, this conversation wouldn't be happening this way if it were Kane, or especially not Dallas. I think Ripley in particular they have a problem with. What do you think about that, Tom? Yeah, I think they might still be giving Kane or Dallas grief and bringing up the same stuff, but they might be, you know, screwing with them a lot less and, you know, treating them with a little more respect. You know, they're they're basically not paying any attention to what she's saying or even maybe even trying to get any. Like, yeah, like you say, like, why is she coming down here? We have to talk to her now. Well, OK, we'll bugger about our what, what we're getting paid. But the main point of her coming down here for us is we get to mess with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I see it too. And the and the steam, you know, the way she shot, the steam is just she's shrouded by it. It's almost the equivalent of like taking a drag off a cigarette and blowing it in somebody's face. It's so <laughs> right. disrespectful. 
And I just, and the truth is, though, she handles this harassment very well, I think. I think she definitely wins the day here. And I think that's kind of, you can read that into Parker's reaction to it. When she walks away, he shuts down the steam, and he seems defeated a little bit. Like, we didn't win that round. I don't know. Do you think so, Mitch? Do yeah, I think he way? totally laughs it off. And the way that she struts off, because she does have a little swagger to her as she walks out of that room, yeah. she kind of knows she's won, too. Mm-hmm. Or at least that they, did, that they didn't win. Yeah. You know, we'll call it a draw at right. best. <laughs> the other you know thing, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I, I have to thank you guys. I've just learned something about Alien because that his Parker's, you know, kind of uh, defeated kind of ah, son of a bitch. And, you know, Harry Dean stands like, oh, what's the matter? What's the he matter? turns his team back. Like, that's always been kind of like it's almost like Ash's jog. I was always like, why is he what's he what's he complaining about exactly? Is it just sort of like a general like eh, back to work sort of thing? Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. He's sort of like, ah, I tried to get at her and. She absolutely just swaggered away. <laughs> now, now it's back to work. Well, there's, you know, there's a something about there. Brett and how he responds here. So Parker seems to be a like legitimately annoyed and upset about something. He's got something on his mind. He's like, man, we're never going to get this share situation dealt with. Brett, who parrots all the things about the shares, even he even threatens to go on strike in this minute as well. He says, well, <laughs> I ain't doing no work until we get to the bottom of it. He doesn't actually care, does he? Like, as soon as that scene's over, he's had his fun, and Parker's upset about something. He's like, what's the matter? He has no idea what could be the problem here. So I kind of get the feeling that he's one of those people that's kind of okay with everything. He just wants to do his work. He just, But because he's got this, uh, he's sort of like the little puppy dog to Parker's big dog. He'll... He'll fall into the scene at any point and follow and parrot Parker. But in the end, he doesn't. He doesn't actually have his own interests at all. He just wants to do his work. And go <laughs> Who else is he going to hang out with? Yeah, there's nobody else there. Parker right. tells him he has no personality. Yeah. And Parker is as alpha as it gets, too. You know, he's going to be the leader in this duo. He's going to be the, the top dog. So. Brett's not going to go have a conversation with Kane or or Ash or <laughs> Lambert or anybody. No, this is it. This is you're stuck with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about the scene that I just think is worth noting is, that in terms of the way it's directed, is this is another one of those clear indications of the shooting style that he that Ridley Scott was embracing with these actors. Basically, it's clearly shot with two cameras pointing one way and two cameras pointing back the other way. So you got four sizes basically two lighting setups and if you look at it you can see that's exactly what's happening and it gives a great spontaneity when you're shooting with two cameras you don't have to match anything within that within that scene Mm -hmm. um but i i've seen it several times through the movie that this is kind of his approach to when he's shooting some of these dialogue scenes that are going to go back and forth between two people other that or he sets it up in a oneer and you get it all in one in one frame yeah economy Yes. That's what I'm talking <laughs> we're definitely, about. Yeah, we're talking about, I mean, in the last minute, we were talking about spending a little cash to get the big set. And one of the reasons why I think they were able to do that is because Ridley Scott was so, he was able to stay on schedule and budget in so many other ways that it afforded them to be able to have these larger scale sets and so on. Because mm-hmm. he didn't spend days and days and days covering scenes like this. He just did it very efficiently. I don't know how many days they spent to shoot this scene, but... I bet you they'd spend a lot more now. I bet you Ridley Scott would spend a lot more time oh, yeah. on the scene now. No, I bet they shot this 
this is in a in a day probably a day yeah. shot yeah, yeah. yeah. if not a, if not a morning i mean they may well have been able to knock it out before lunch i don't know yeah, yeah for sure yeah so we go back out to the planet surface again we're back with the away team um and once again we get lambert complaining um and she says the exact same thing she said in the last minute which is i can't see a goddamn thing <laughs> but what what's different about this is they hang a lantern on it um for the first time, somebody actually says, will you stop griping? And she says, I like griping. So they've completely right. hung a lantern on it. And we have acknowledged at this point, the audience is saying the same thing. <laughs> Can you please stop griping? Time for a new idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, I think it's the end of her griping. I mean, she's obviously in, uh, she, she's stressed for the rest of the movie, but I think this is the end of the standard, you know, day-to-day griping that she does. So I think it's a good moment. It's also a nice little moment of levity where they pull off the gas a little bit. Um, yeah, I was going to say she, uh, I mean, she's, yeah, she's the, like we said, she's the voice of the audience being like, ah, this is a bad idea. Like, don't, don't go into the scary place. You know, she's like, why are we doing this? But then to have her sort of laugh off her, uh, her nervousness for just a second. It is a, it's a nice relief for herself. Oh wait, well if Lambert's joking about stuff, maybe things are okay. Even though yeah. we're like, nah, nothing's okay. <laughs> Everything's doomed. And we're still covering all this stuff. He's covering this stuff handheld, which continues to create a sense of unease. It's unstable. It's so even with I like griping, we know we're going into a new dark space. And she doesn't have to say it. I can say it. I can't see a goddamn thing. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. you know, and so then Dallas responds with a with a terse, knock it off. Okay. So last week, uh, our friend Jason Heck was in, and we talked about cool Dallas. Dallas is cool, right? He handles the landing situation, all the issues with that, um, with no problem. He, I think, though, that as they start to talk about going on the planet, he gets a little bit nervous. And now I think he's starting to get a little stressed out. I think that we're seeing a little arc here with Dallas where when it's day-to-day business, when it's being the captain of the Nostromo being the trucker in space, he's got that covered. But now, like you said in the last minute, Tom, they're not equipped to be out on this planet doing space exploration. And I think he's feeling the stress of that. Do you guys get that sense as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's uh <laughs> I'd like to know where his weapons are now. <laughs> he mentioned a couple minutes ago. We're and back. I bet he would like to too. Yeah, we've had a really good look at the suits here for a couple of minutes. No weapons, right? To call back to the first minute of the week. So um Samurai swords. They maybe they look like they should have samurai swords because we're <laughs> that's another thing we should talk about. We can talk about later if we want, but um, I actually never even put that together before watching this movie. Maybe it's because I watched it on VHS so many times and couldn't really see the detail of Oh, yeah, the they're so Japanese. They're very Japanese. Um, did you notice that too, Tom? I actually didn't. I got to yeah. be honest. I haven't noticed that. I never did either. Um, doing a little research and, and seeing the, the behind-the-scenes shots where they're you know, well-lit and the crew's like sitting in a chair drinking coffee, <laughs> waiting for the shot, wearing the suits. I was like, that's samurai armor. What is going on here? And, you know, now that I look closer, that's clearly what they're doing here. 
Oh, yeah, because they have those kind of uh, almost welded-looking shoulder pads and stuff, don't they? Yeah. That's that's one detail I can think of that uh, that, that kind of lends itself to that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, if they're going to be mining in harsh conditions, you're going to be wanting to wear some armor, some protective gear. Of course, there's so almost, much more. Sorry, Tom. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it almost looks sort of uh, almost ornamental in a way, too. Like, it's not strictly, like, you know, metal protection it's almost like uh kind of you know ornamental in a way yeah there's a lot about these suits that's ornamental i think we could talk about that more well i rent i was reading uh an article about the tristan and isolde version yeah. that ridley scott was working right. on before he went into alien and there are production illustrations in a frozen wasteland where the armor that the characters are wearing is venting steam out of the top of right. it and and he mm. fully cops to the fact that he liked that idea and and carried it over into into the design of the costumes here. Yeah. There's other elements of the helmets that I've always been very curious about. Like there's almost hieroglyphics all the way around, you know what I'm talking about, the design yeah. that that frames the uh the glass around. I, I can't think mm-hmm. of the word right now. The face Yeah, the face base. The face yes. the face plate. Yeah, yeah face plate. Um why the world would Wayland, Utah. Why do they spend so much money designing these helmets? I don't well, know. Well, why do they spend so much money on those weird patterns inside the ship as exactly. well? The same lines are, you know, these angular lines like flat top pyramids or whatever maces run through the background of the entire design of the ship. Yeah. Maybe in the future, designers have taken over the world. And it's Mobius. <laughs> it's yeah. all that Mobius. It's Mobius simplest. for yeah. sure. Well, does anybody have anything else for this minute? Not me. Nothing for me. All right. So that's going to do it for minute number 23. Um, Tune in tomorrow for minute number 24. You can find us at alienminute.com or follow us at alienminutepod. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or the Stitcher app. And Tom, where can they find you? Uh, You can find the Indiana Jones Minute at indianajonesminute.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, and you can uh, download us and subscribe to us at uh, iTunes and Google Play and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for being with us again today, Tom, and we'll see you tomorrow for minute number 24.